Do you know what the single best coping mechanism is in our species to get <laughs> together like this and have conversations and do life together? And we got to have those people that we can say, man, you know, I'm really struggling with this. Or what do you think about this? Or here's my experience. Like, I'd like to hear yours because that's that's helpful. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimzeski here with Tyler Weeb, and we're going to talk about, so far Tyler and I have talked about it as grinding the gears of slow change. So in your own temperament, things you're trying to work on from a personal self-development perspective, how do you get there? What can you expect? How does it happen? What are you trying to accomplish? How do you know if you're doing it well? There's just a lot of stuff. And as you and I always say, Tyler, there are so many threads that we kind of come back to and tie together different ways through our conversations. The first thing I thought of is, is just old-fashioned, normal cognitive behavioral therapy. And that's, you know, that includes some neuroplasticity, includes some just time, because you not only need that time for literal physical brain change but you're changing social structures, perhaps personal daily habits, you're doing things differently. And you just can't expect like, oh, I just learned something new. I feel fine. Now I solved that problem, check it off the list. So I think that's why we started defining it as like the slow grind of this change, because sometimes you don't even know it is happening well until you get a year down the road and look back. So I think you and I have had some really solid, sometimes intentional growth spots in our lives. And then other times we're like flailing, like this sucks. Like life is not going like I thought it was going to go. What, what am I supposed to do here? So I'm just wondering is we, as we talk about that slow grind, like how, yeah. how do you relate that? What have you gone through that's most appropriate? Yeah. So I would, you know, I would say this is probably, you know, it's, it's an accumulation always of just you know, years and years. And, and like you kind of said, you know, I think we go through those growth spurts and, you know, it's funny, I was just listening to some of the, the John for Hickey today at the gym and it was, uh, it, it was like episode 12, episode 13. Uh, I can't quite remember, but, you know, talking about, you know, the more insights we have, those neural pathways kind of, you know, continue to, to fire more frequently, we get better and better at kind of having those insights. And so, you know, I would say this kind of this topic probably almost started like four, six weeks ago for me, and it's kind of now reached this conclusion. And it started off by kind of me starting to really ask myself, you know, do, you know, do my actions reflect what I want out of life? And it was almost a way to not lie to myself and not try to, you know, hoodwink myself of, okay, here's what you truly want. You know, now do your actions reflect that and, and be honest with yourself. Right. And it started kind of this, you know, slow, inexplicable grind of, of really trying to, you know, look at, you know, my daily life and, and how I go about it. And, Am I managing that time and myself well enough for, you know, what I want out of this life? And, 
you know, it, it's been kind of building. And I know we kind of talked about, you know, we, you and I kind of texted a couple of weeks ago and, you know, I kind of came to you. I was like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. You know, I want to do that. And I can kind of like get ahead of myself in a sense. And, you know, I finally, it's like asking myself that question. It almost, you know, pushed me in a direction where I almost had too many expectations for myself. And it was kind of coming back to, narrowing that focus and not getting so overwhelmed with like having these massive expectations when you just may not be in a position for your, you know, in your life for something like that. And when I found myself kind of getting to that point, like, you know, I found, and I even said, you know, told you in that text, it's like, I'm, I'm working myself into my like anxiety circle where you get into this, you know, vicious circle of, really just almost like paralyzing yourself by like, you know, having these expectations, having these pressure of, of, well, I got to do this to be happy. I only have so much time to do this, that. And it was just kind of a bit of a, you know, that insight where, you know, something I think I already knew, but it was for whatever reason, it resonated more with me this time around where it was like, no, like I know myself well enough. Now I need to, do a better job at narrowing that focus, being okay with, you know, a daily grind of working towards what is going to make my life meaningful and, and what do I consider important? So I, I, I feel like that was a little rambly there and I jumped around. And so I hope some of that kind of makes sense. You know, I'm, I'm still kind of working through some of those thoughts as well and, and kind of piecing it together, but that's just kind of where I've been over the last six weeks and, and just, you know, really trying to analyze and, and, and look at myself more and, and try not to lie to myself in, you know, how I, you know, spend my time, all of this kind of stuff. And it can be such a grind because we want it now. I, I want to be happy now, or I want to be here now. Um, and you know what, like we have, like, it was just kind of that step back. It's okay to maybe not be there now. But, you know, when we talk to our clients, these small daily things that you do to get that physique, you know, it's going to be that same thing. And for whatever reason, it just seemed to resonate with me a little bit more this time around, um, you know, kind of when I got into this, you know, almost manic hyper mood of, you know, I'm going to all of a sudden do 10 different projects and, you know, chances are in two weeks from now, uh, I won't be doing any of them. So I'm going to end it there. I, I hope some of that makes sense and, and maybe we can start to piece it together a little bit better um, and, and we can go from there. Yeah, I'm going to a little bit for you because it, it did take a lot of that context that you brought to our conversation to pull me back into it. And, and just to, you know, without divulging too much about you personally, I'm going to relate that to a story of a post I just posted today about my wife. And I, I saw in you when you sent me that text and I said, man, look, you're, I mean, your daughter's just barely two years old and you've got, you know, you and your wife both have careers and occupations and starting a family. And I, I do know you are not only busy, but you're doing a lot of things you love. And I know you're a progressive person where you want to do your best. You want to learn, you want to grow, you want to keep pushing yourself academically, occupationally, physically. And I just had to say, like, slow the fuck down for a minute. Like I could see that anxiety yeah. just in your written words. 
And I yeah. said, you can't do everything in the world that you want to do in your life right now well. Like you have to pick and choose what you're going to focus on. And as simple and mundane as this sounds, like this entire year, I have focused on remodeling my house, my daughter's house, and my mom's house. And I am so ready to be done at the end of this year because I want to write a book. I've been putting off a surgery and it's like, I got to do other stuff, but I had to put all that stuff on the shelf to do this. And so I made, and, and a lot of us being about your family life included, I made this post about my wife who was holding our brand new granddaughter who was just born four or five days ago. And I'm like, you know, I've been married to this woman now for 31 years. We met when we were 19 years old. We raised our own four kids. Youngest is 20 years old. And now I'm seeing my wife do this all over again with grandchildren and all of the little things that you may be unhappy with. And back when we were in the throes of child rearing and, you know, I'm, you know, I have my needs and wants and desires and she has hers and we have our family. There's just so much chaos. And now that life has settled down into the fact that we're not raising kids, life is simpler. I can look at those things that maybe used to bug me about my wife and say, that's her. That's the person I married. She's been consistent all this time. And her greatest attributes are still her greatest attributes, even though we've had to bob and weave our way through life together. So one more little thread to pull into this conversation was a physique sport client that I had a personal conversation with today. She just went through her first season. She also has a family. She has a husband. She has a career. And you know what it's like to have to myopically focus on physique sport. And especially when it's your maiden voyage. This was her first time. She's learning so much. She's excited. She would literally have walked off a cliff if I told her to walk off a cliff. Like she is going to do everything perfectly. And then you get to the post contest. She won her first contest. She got first place votes and tied, you know, for a win in her second great contest season. But now you wake up and what you've been focusing on for six months is just gone. It's just gone in an instant. What do I do? We had to have this conversation. Like what's next? How do I reorient my life? And cognitive behavioral therapy or just that slow grinding change doesn't work like that. A stimulus, a stress or an elation may hit us right now, but those are the cotton candy moments of life and we have to be in it for the long haul. So that's why I said to you when you were sending me some messages that seemed a little flurried and painful and I said, okay, like this is the time to simplify and focus and come back to a center point. And there always has to be some kind of a cognitive home base where that's like, okay, this is where I sit down. I just kind of think, I reflect, I relax, and I can sort things out one piece at a time. That's, that's where you needed to be. And now comes the hard part, which is, okay, how do I actually do these things that align myself back to those goals that really matter. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think it almost kind of comes back then to that question of, you know, are you kind of constantly asking yourself, you know, are my actions reflective, you know, of those goals? And, 
being able to have that you know moment to sit down to to slow down and to you know just even write it out and and look at it and yeah be honest with yourself you can almost kind of then start to build from that because you focus on the narrow it's it's kind of you know it's boring but it's like the quicker i'm going to get this done the quicker i can move on to that next thing that i want to accomplish whatever that might be and so yeah it, it it's just yeah, I, I don't know. That, that, that was yeah. Part of the assessment, though, like you just saying, yeah. to come back and reflect. So this client of mine who is in her off season now, you know, I looked at her eye to eye and I said, "Okay, you got to promise me something. We're we're friends, we're peers and colleagues in many ways. You're a client of mine. You just had this experience." And some people love the sport. Like some people will go on and it's like, "I want to get my pro card and I want to do this." That's great. If you want to do it, you now know how much effort goes into it. But if you don't, I don't want you to feel tied to this identity. And well, now I started this, I got to finish it. And, you know, I'm not a pro. I'm not Miss Olympia. I'm not this. So I've got to keep going, going, going. Like if you don't love it, you're done. You're just done. Like you had a great experience. You, you, you checked it off the list. You learned so much about it. You don't have to do that forever. But if you do, that's fine. But you don't have to have all the answers right now. This is the time to put it in the rearview mirror and start catching up on those other parts of life and just let those answers come. And so essentially what we're talking about, the slow grind of change, sometimes it's not even active change where you're grinding out change. Sometimes it's just being patient and letting life show you where you really want to focus and go because context changes. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it, you know, like I said, I was listening to that podcast today and he was kind of talking about the wandering mind and, you know, how good that can be to, you know, have that almost going on in the background. Cause it's, you know, almost this distraction that kind of allows us to, you know, make those connections to, to, to make those insights. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's not feeling guilty by not maybe always being active, right? And, and actively looking for that. But it's, yeah, I mean, you said it, it's okay to be passive, right? Like it, there's nothing wrong with that and just letting it come. And and I'm still working on that one personally, by the way. I, I all? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to pull back and learn to relax. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you, I mean, I'm sure you feel the same. Like you kind of always feel this pull to do more and and i mean we've talked about it on this podcast right like describe joe just one more or do more right like that was your that was your one describing you know word or two words and so yeah pushing that pull and and still you know going in that direction but you know yeah being okay with being passive it's that's you know that's almost a grind in of itself just to try and figure that out it, well, it's, it's, it's why people are so enthralled with things like meditation. Like, how do you just sit down and do nothing and let your brain work? And, you know, even now, like I'm just constantly wandering around playing a podcast, like literally on a phone. Like if I go to take a shit, I'm listening to a podcast. If I go paint a, a room, I'm listening to a podcast. If I'm making breakfast, I'm listening to a Ted talk. And it's like all of the time that you're just disallowing your own thoughts is sometimes a detriment. But let me, let me read real quick. I, I pulled up because I, I, I wanted to look up some, some, technical stuff in the American Psychological Association says this, 
about cognitive behavioral therapy. And, and they said, these are three descriptors as to what it is. And I like the way some of it is worded. And I question another thing. So number one, psychological problems are based in part on faulty or unhelpful ways of thinking. So like maybe in the same context, I just, my thoughts are not where they should be. Maybe I need some help, some other perspectives and figure out like, maybe I should broaden my perspective. Uh, number two, psychological problems are based in part on learned patterns of unhelpful behavior. I love that word unhelpful because it doesn't say it's wrong behavior. It says it's just not the best. It's not the best for you. Uh, so, and we do, we just get in our ruts and maybe we learn from somebody. I certainly have had major worldview and sociological, political, religious belief changes. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe I wasted 10 years of my life believing that, which I now totally disagree with, but that's life. It was unhelpful and I let it go. Three people suffering from psychological problems can learn better ways of coping with them, thereby relieving their symptoms and becoming more effective in their lives. So some of this sounds super simple, yet every word carries a lot of weight, you know, in theory, it's simple. Yeah. Psychological problems are based in part on faulty or unhelpful ways of thinking. Well, to get out of those unhelpful ways of thinking, like we described, takes a lot of change and, and time, you know, not just neuroplasticity, but just in terms of refocusing, reorienting, re reorienting. Uh, not just your habits, but even like the just people in your lives who are influencing you one way uh, or the other. Or just like even like a, like a, um, I could almost like a deep core belief, right? Like to, to know that it's wrong logically, but to still have problems believing it about like whatever yourself, like those are two different things, right? Like it's, those are things that I've had to go through as well, where it's, they're, they're completely different. Like you have to, work through a lot of those changes on a, on a deep level. And just like you can't lose 30 pounds of body fat in a week or, you know, add 15 pounds of muscle in a year, like this, this cognitive behavioral therapy is predicated on the fact that it, it is that slow grind. Like it's going to take time and a lot of things are happening under the surface. Um, but here's, here's what's interesting in what they even highlight as strategies so cognitive behavioral therapy treatment usually involves efforts to change thinking patterns. These strategies might include learning to recognize one's distortions in thinking that creating problems and then to reevaluate them in light of reality, um, gaining a better understanding of the behavior and motivation of others. So there's social psychology, like, wait a second, I'm getting this response in my life and my thinking. And because of this person, well, who's to say that I even need that person in my life or that they're right or wrong. And so, you know, again, it's just, there's a lot of focus on me internally and what I'm experiencing out here in life with other people. And there's, there's just so much that has to be shifted and sifted that uh, it's, I think we picked the right term that it's that slow grind. That's why it'd just be so easy to believe in a, you know, 2000 year old book. I mean, because, <laughs> you know, because it, it is exhausting, right? Like it is tiring. And, you know, I've even found myself like well, the last couple of like, oh, I don't want to think about this. I don't want to like, it's just how easy would it would be, right? Just to kind of get rid of, you know, be ignorant, be, you know, all of that. Because um, it's not fun going through those, those times where you're not feeling great, right? Like they, they're not fun at all, but you know, the, the, 
like the insights, the the reality that you're able to achieve is well worth the struggle. So what what you just said, man, that you almost just kind of opened up a whole other podcast, but <laughs> it like like you know, right in here, the APA's description, they use the word coping mechanisms to cope better, pick better ways to cope. That kind of a heuristic that, oh my gosh, this is so painful, life is so complicated. I'm just gonna quote, trust and believe, you know, okay, here's a God and they're in charge. Whatever happens, happens. I don't have to worry about it. I'm going to die and go to heaven. Well, okay. Maybe that's helpful when you're five years old or 10 years old or your loved one dies and all that. But is that really helping you? Like, is that? So maybe you evolve in better ways of coping that you're working through one bit at a time because, you know, the things we encounter in life can be crippling and paralyzing. And we develop these psychological coping mechanisms over millennia because they are helpful. Yeah. But yeah. What, what cures you can also kill you. So sometimes they're helpful, sometimes they're not. Yeah. I mean, you know, you kind of look at it and it's just, it's, I feel like everybody, like everybody's coping with something, right? Like it's a world full of coping. And man, they're like, they're, and they feel like the negative certainly outweighs the positive ways of like how we've learned how to cope, you know, over the last, you know, whatever, how many years. Right. And it kind of feels like we're starting to come back around, you know, with the research and psychedelics and, and what we know about neuroplasticity and, and, and having those, you know, those insights and those, those times together and, and how it can unequivocally completely change someone at their core and how, you know, reveal a, a different reality almost at that point. So, you know, hopefully, you know, as we continue to, to move forward, those kind of practices and, and those better coping mechanisms become more prevalent than, you know, you can buy a, a six pack of tall can beer for, you know, six bucks at your local gas station, you know, like, <laughs> and you kind of just, you look at that push and pull and how it's become. And, and it's just that contrast is, is pretty wild. Well, do you, do you know what the single best coping mechanism is in our species? Sleep. To get <laughs> together like this and have conversations and do life together. And so, you know, just like, this is a highlight of my week, man. Like when I get to sit down with you and talk about okay. these deep things as, you know, two bodybuilders, just trying to figure out life with families and careers and so forth, you know, I have a little bit of a head start on you, but, uh, it's like, you know, that you, we don't get to sit down and talk like this in every conversation every day with every person. And we got to have those people that we can say, man, you know, I'm really struggling with this. Or what do you think about this? Or here's my experience. Like, I'd like to hear yours because that's that's helpful. So, I, you know, I appreciate our audience, you know, giving us uh, at least, you know, some people who want to hear about the same things. And yeah. you as well, Tyler. So appreciate you uh, just hanging out with me for this time. And we'll keep Always. doing it. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we will see you guys next time in the Mind Muscle Connection. Keep your comments and questions coming our way. We will We will hit all the topics you want to hit. We'll see you next time.